Welcome to the Crossroad International Church Podcast. We're so glad you joined us. It is our prayer that God will use this message to bring comfort to those who are hurting, give hope to those who find themselves in what seems to be a hopeless situation, and to encourage the one who is struggling through a difficult season of life. For more sermon audio, resources, or if you'd like to contact us, please visit CICKuwait.com. We'd love to hear from you. we just thank you. Jesus, we thank you that you are a shepherd and that you do lead us. And that illustration of, of sheep and a shepherd and following the sheep of themselves really can't control or know exactly where they're going. They have to trust in the shepherd to lead them and to protect them. And Lord, forgive us where we've taken upon ourselves uh, things that really should be on you. God, we, our hope, our faith, our trust, everything should rest in you and you alone. So, Lord, we thank you that you love us, that you care for us, and, God, that you are here in this place, Lord, with your presence. God, we just ask you just to be with us the rest of this service. Lord, thank you for uh, just speaking to our hearts during this message, Father. God, we thank you that your word is living, and, God, that it, it penetrates to the very depth of our heart today. We thank you for this time in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Today, we are picking up uh, part two of a sermon last week that I, I began. Um, how many of you were here last week? Okay, a few. So um, it's, it's one of those things, I think if you weren't here, you can still enjoy the rest of it. We're, uh, we're actually talking about prayer because we're in a time of prayer and fasting. Um, Steve, at the beginning of the year, began with a message on fasting, explaining that, unpacking that a bit. And then I am now preaching on prayer. And as I mentioned last week, that is a daunting task because prayer is such a broad subject. And how do you kind of siphon it down into something that we can just kind of get into over a week or two weeks' time? So, so we began that last week, and I'll, I will wrap up today, I promise. And so um, I'm looking forward to it, and I hope you are as well. Last week, um, I shared a quote for, for you. Uh, it's actually from a guy. I went back and found his name. His name is John Bloom. And he says this about prayer, and what I want you to think about is many of us, if we're honest, we find ourselves at different times and seasons of prayerlessness. And that was something, again, last week I just really wanted to get across, and I don't want, I want to be sensitive that again today to sort of set where we're coming from, uh, because too many times I think if we were honest with ourselves and if we had a TV screen or, or a meter that showed where our level of our prayer life was, I think most of us would probably be embarrassed. I know I would be embarrassed a lot of times. And so I want to speak to you, whether it's you're in that season or you will probably find yourself at different times in those seasons where your prayer life has grown very cold. And I want, to just be, I want this to be a message of hope and encouragement for you that you're not alone that there is hope, and that we all, if we're honest, go through these seasons. And so that coming from that place, this quote from John Bloom, he explains prayer in this way. He says, it's much like a locomotive or like a train, right? He says, faith is the engine of prayer. Faith 
is the engine of prayer. God's promises are the fuel. And discipline are the, is the rails upon which we move. You see, many times, a lot of us, we have a, a locomotive and we have, you know, um, the rails of discipline. And this is the frustration. So we have, we're sitting on these rails and so we get all these, whether it's an app, whether it's a schedule, whether it's a book, whether it's however you want to call it, a reminder. And so we set up these things, these actions or these techniques thinking that's going to fix our prayer life. And then we wonder why it's so painful, why it's so hard and why it seems just to fall flat on its face. Because we're, just, we're trying to, through our actions, fix a problem that's starting with our faith. You see, again, faith is the engine of prayer. Now, the good news is, as the Bible says, it, it takes the size of a mustard seed, so you don't have to have a huge engine. But the problem, then, then it goes further. It says that if, if we have this engine, and the engine is faith, Many of us maybe are in that place. We all have faith, don't we? Our engines are sitting there, but our engine has grown cold. Why? Because we failed to, to dwell and study God's promises, which fuel that engine. What am I saying? I'm saying that the word of God, okay, the word of God is where we begin. The word of God is what fuels our faith. The fact that you're sitting here in this place I pray, my prayer this whole week and, and every time I come up here is that what is said today from the word of God, this message will fuel your faith. That when you walk out of here, you walk out in a different place than when you came in. If you came in here and it just took all you could do to get here today, I pray that you walk out in a very different condition. Why? Because you have heard God's promises and your faith will be kindled. So understanding this idea because... Again, we have to have this picture that it's our faith that fuels our prayer life. And if you're here and struggling, you have to step back away from just looking at what you're doing to where is your faith today. There's a book I, I recommended last week. Anyone read it? Everybody's, everybody's kind of looking out the window now. Hey, did you see that, that bird fly by out there? So I think I need to go see what's going on in the coffee room. It's okay. It's okay. I'll pray for you. <laughs> and if you hear any thunder or lightning, just, you know. Listen, this book, <laughs> this book is called, it's called Enjoy Your Prayer Life, and it's by a, a, a guy named Michael Reeves. And I strongly, strongly encourage you uh, just to, to get it. It's on Kindle. It's on uh, iBooks, I think. And just find it. Get your hands on it. Short, super easy. There's not a lot of pictures. I was disappointed, but there's, it's really uh, very easy to read through. You can read through it in 20 minutes, but it's just so, the way he breaks it down just explains it. It's very encouraging, and it was really helpful to me, and I would just really encourage you, if, if you're in that place, uh, to, to find it and get your hands on it. So a lot of, some of the, or some of the things I'll share today are, are from that, that book. But in, this, in his book, though, um, he, says, he says this. He quotes John Calvin, and John Calvin says this about prayer. Prayer is the chief exercise of faith, okay? 
So if you have faith, then prayer should happen, okay? And as we all know, though, we struggle with that, and so that's what we're, we're delving into today. Last week, I went through, uh, I, I talked about some examples of prayer and faith. You know, we looked at Jesus. It's a good place to start, right? Jesus... Again, we see that he could do nothing on his own, but only what he saw the Father doing, according to the Gospel of John. Listen, if Jesus is doing that, can we all agree that we should probably follow suit? Because if anybody could have gone without a prayer life, it probably would have been Jesus, the Son of God. I'm going on a limb, but I think that's safe to say. But yet we see Jesus, the Son of God, fully dependent upon his heavenly father. And he would always go to him and look to him. To bring it a little closer in history, we talked about Martin Luther. You know, we talked about this quote where he said he had a lot to do the next day, basically. And he, uh, you know, was going to be working all day, but he was going to start the day with, with three hours of prayer. You know, and all, we all just kind of let kind of all the, the steam out of the room. You're like, oh, really? This guy, you know. Three hours of prayer. Just Yeah, I got a lot to do, but I'm just going to start with a little three-hour prayer because we're, me and God are cool like that. That Like, you know, we just, most of us, if we're honest, no, I mean, I'm, I won't ask you to raise your hands. Well, I'll leave you. I was going to say, who's, who's prayed three hours this morning before service? Just keep looking at me. Just keep looking at me. They won't know it's you. Um, but no, it's, it's, and so, but then there was another quote that, that I shared Basically, it was a letter from Martin Luther, and basically he was just explaining how he was, he was living this life. It had been like eight days since he prayed. Uh, he was just struggling with things of the flesh. And so what we saw is even some of the you know, greatest figures in Christian history struggled to pray at times. And so these, there's seasons that come in life where sometimes it's just hard. And I just want you to fully understand and know that you're not alone. Again, prayer is birth. From God's word is what we covered last week. As we said, faith comes by hearing, right? And hearing by the word of God. So we need God's word to fuel our faith. We also discovered last week that we have a uh, God in heaven who is our father. Well, what's significant about that? Lots of things, but one of the things that's most significant is that your father in heaven wants to hear from you. He wants to have conversation and communion and fellowship with you because he loves you. When you say yes to Jesus, you are a, become a child of God. Why do we use all these things? God didn't have to put the term father with himself. He didn't have to call his Jesus his son. He could have called them anything. But he does this because he's painting a picture of the kind of love that he has for you. I mean, we can't even fully fathom because he's God, but just to give us a picture about how a father loves a child with this deep affection and love. And that's the love that our father God has. And just to wrap up last week, and we'll get pushing forward, there was some prayer is statements that I shared. One is prayer is simply the articulation of our heart in response to who God is. What does that mean? Much like a plant or a flower as the sun moves, a plant or flower will what? It will turn towards the sun, won't it? It's the most incredible thing to me. I have plants in our house, and by God's grace, and I know that there is a God because these things are still alive, they, they actually, I just, it's just neat watching the sun and how these leaves will just turn, and it just, 
It knows where to move, and that's what our heart does. When we find God and we spend time with God, what happens to our heart is it turns towards him. Listen, that you don't have to force that. It's just like those plants or the flowers or whatever. It just will turn towards God as you spend time in his word and with him. Prayer is also learning to enjoy the same communion that Jesus has always known. Think about that. We have opportunity to participate in a relationship with God that Jesus has known for all time, as with God the Father. And finally, prayer is exercising our faith. It's believing God's most incredible promise that we can come to him as Father. You want to talk about a promise that's hard to comprehend. Some of us struggle because why? We feel down and we believe what the enemy's saying and and we, we haven't had a good week, and we haven't, you know, logged all of our time as in prayer or, or doing things right, or we messed up. It's so hard to fathom that we can approach a holy and awesome and amazing God as Father, but always understand that it's because of Christ Jesus, not because of what we do. That's it. So moving forward today, so now you're all up to speed but you're welcome to listen to the message too online if you get a chance. So as we move forward, I want to discuss something with you, and it's, it's this idea, or you, you hear it in the Bible, and it's, it's praying without ceasing. Praying or prayer without ceasing. That's what we're called to do. Again, let that roll around up here for a second, and like, how, what, how, uh, You know, am I supposed to drive while kneeling or, you know, what does that look like? Prayer without ceasing. Don't I, can I sleep sometimes? Um, Prayer without ceasing. Well, I think if at an initial approach and glance, we figure out that it's obviously, if we're thinking just getting down on our knees and saying a prayer is the definition of prayer we're talking about, we know that we're off somewhere, right? Prayer must be something much greater than just saying some words to God, getting up, and then moving on through our day because we have to do this without ceasing, it says. Many of us try to, you know, get that time in the morning, and this is my prayer time, and maybe we're good at that. Maybe some of you are, and then you're done, and then you get up, and then you go on with your day. And you may say a couple of prayers over your food, and maybe one before you go to bed, and that's your, that's your prayer track, right? But the problem, church, is that we, until we stop seeing our prayer life as something different, from the rest of our life, we will continue to have struggle and continue to have problems because we're always trying to fit God in to our daily routine. You see, prayer is much deeper than just, again, saying some words or doing this. It is a communion. It is communication with God the Father. What does that mean? That means it is an ongoing awareness that you are not sitting by yourself even when you're in your car alone. To understand that God is with you and you can commune, you can talk. He can speak to you, you can speak to him. Yes, there's, it is great to have that quiet time in the morning. It is great to sit down and, you know, as much as you can and open scripture to hear God's word. But then you can have conversation anytime, Right? I mean, if you're hanging, dangling by one hand off a cliff, how many of you, like, reach in your back pocket and pull out your Bible 
and start flipping to a scripture of, God, what do you do when I'm hanging off a cliff? I'm pretty sure you're going to kind of cut to the chase and say, Lord, help me. Save my life. The formalities just all go out the window, don't they? Do you think God's just sitting in heaven like, well, you didn't approach me the proper way. You're quoting from something other than the King James Version, so um, I can't hear your prayer. Hopefully it's a soft landing. You know, he's not saying that, is he? Because he's a loving father. And so, I don't know where this stuff comes in, I'm sorry, but it's, (laughs) welcome to to my wife's world. Um, But yeah, we, we can't, we have to understand that God is there always with us. We're always, should always be communicating and know that his, he's present. When we default to thinking of prayer as an abstract activity, a thing to do, the tendency is to focus on prayer as an activity. Okay, what do I mean? It, it, what it does is it makes it boring. You don't have to say amen, but I see you. I see you guys. I see you like, yes, please keep going. I will. How can you say prayer is boring, Pastor? Again, we've all been in those places where I just don't. No, I don't want to do that right now. But it's because we're focused on the prayer. Instead, all right, instead, we need to focus on the one whom we are praying to. You see, sitting, getting on my knees, it doesn't, it's not comfortable for me at all, just so you know. I can hardly get back up due to my military days and stuff and old age, but it's not comfortable. That doesn't sound fun. But if I pray, whether it's on my knees or anywhere else, and I'm thinking, whether I've gone to the scripture and I've been, I've gone, spent, spent some time in the Psalms. Man, you want to get a picture of God because then you get excited. And you're like, wow, this is amazing. Why do we come here? Why do we sing? This isn't like, you know, Kuwait's got talent or something like that. We're not here to like, whoa, man, did you hear that C that they hit? That was incredible, right on... No, we're here to gather together to sing praises and just to, to get a picture, to turn our hearts towards God and be like, wow, what an amazing God we serve. And it just begins to fuel our faith. And so then we, this is how prayer should be as well. It shouldn't be some cold, I need to say this and do this, and it's like a, a recipe to bake a cake. And well, I followed the recipe and I didn't get a chocolate cake. Why? Because it's not like that. It's not some magic formula. It's communication. It's communion with God. And our focus should always be. Think about if you were baking a cake and all you cared about was the recipe. The cake comes out and you just take it home and throw it in the trash. The recipe was amazing, though. It was so much fun. I want to do it again. Now, I don't know about you, but I bake. I am a baker. My wife will tell you why. Because I love to eat dessert. Sometimes more often than others. But I do not bake because I love the process of getting all the ingredients out and getting all sticky and things get it all over the kitchen. Maybe you don't bake that way, but I do. And it goes all over. I bake because I want the final product. In my world, it works, okay? It works, doesn't it? That is our focus. And so when we pray, where is your focus? Your focus should be on God. And when we pray without ceasing, it brings us to our next point, And here it is, a dependence on God. A dependence on God. Well, yeah, I do depend on God. Do you?
Do you, I mean, or is it, is it the bank account? Is it your job? Here's a crazy thing, and I, I don't do this, just so you know, so don't feel bad. But when was the last time you got in your car and you put your key in the ignition and you said, God, well, depending on your car, I guess. God, I hope, I hope the car, thank you for letting the car start. Laura's nodding over there. <laughs> so are her friends. <laughs> See, God uses Laura's car to build her faith on a daily basis. <laughs> or when you go to a light switch, do you think like, man, God, thank you for electricity and you flip it on? Well, this becomes, this becomes expected, right? But how many times in a day do you, just, do you thank God for what you have? How many times in a day do you say, God, I, de- I need you in my life? We have to develop a dependence upon God. By thanking and praising him, we acknowledge his kindness and his greatness. By bringing our needs or even our wants to him, we acknowledge that he is the source of all good things. I don't care what it is. I don't care if you can just go and buy it. You need to bring it to God and say, God, would you bless me with this? I would really like this. Whatever it is, acknowledge him because he loves you. We need to learn to depend on God. As the son always depends on the father, so is the nature of Christian godliness. We are the same way. Again, Jesus always depended upon the father. Listen, if we don't feel needy, we don't pray much, do we? How many of you have been in that situation where it's, you've got a, a life crisis happening. Someone's sick on a deathbed. Uh, you lose your job. You know, the bank account's empty. The house is repossessed. Whatever that looks like, it's pretty amazing how quickly you rediscover your prayer life, isn't it? Why? Because you come to the end of yourself. You come to the end of your means. We see this all the time in Hollywood when one of their children has some like uh, illness that's pretty much going to take the life of their child, and they reach out. They're totally open for anything at that point, right? Because all their fame, all their fortune, and all the who they knows cannot change that situation. And so we see and we find in ourselves when things are we're struggling, we just lean into God and our prayer life goes through the roof, doesn't it? Because we need him. But that should be happening all the time. There's a a self-sufficiency that we can fall into. When we grow as Christians, we don't feel more self-sufficient. Instead, we feel more needy. A mature believer understands the source, their source for everything. And it's not in their pocket. It's not in their health. It's not, it is, it is on God and God alone. Just recently, there was a situation where something came up, and I'm trying to figure out, like, financially, how's this going to work? What am I going to do? And I'm just like, because I can just spool myself up in, like, T minus two seconds, okay? And I decided to, you know what? I'm going to stop, and I'm going to, God, I'm just, would you help me with this? It wasn't anything, I didn't need, like, a, a, a spleen or anything like that. It was just, it was just something that I just would like, right? I said, God, would you help me? And it was like the next, no, that night, 
something happened and and God he he met that need like from somebody through somebody else and just like that. It was just incredible. I literally it, it was a, a financial thing and didn't just walked up and said, hey, just want to bless you with this. Felt like I needed to. And like, I'm like fighting back tears. Because God didn't have to do that. It's not like I was going to die or my family was going to be kicked out on the street or nothing. But it was just like just this moment of like, <sighs> I know I'm, I'm not probably encouraging you at all, right? Your pastor's like shocked when God answers his prayers. But it's, uh, <laughs> but I'm just saying like, God, because he didn't have to. He's just, he's a loving father. And he's just awesome like that, that he just cares that, you know what? You came to me, and I, here, I love you. Just be blessed. God loves you. Your heavenly Father loves you. And it was just an amazing thing to see this just happening right in front of my eyes, and just like, wow, God, you're just amazing. And he's been like that my whole life. Dependency produces prayer. The problem is that the world is becoming more and more independent, aren't we? With technology and everything else, we're no longer in communities with other people. You're like, I don't really need that person. I, you know, if you need it, you just go online. You can order it. You can find the answers online. You don't, you don't talk to anyone. There's no dependency anymore between people. And so it's just a natural. It can spill into your dependency upon God. And so we have to fight that, and we have to fight against that. And, again, our dependency on God is really what produces prayer because if you're in need, you go to God. So prayer is enjoying the care of a powerful father. Instead of being left to a frightening loneliness where everything comes down to ourselves. And a lot of us in here, that's, we struggle with that. Because you feel the weight of the world on your shoulders. That it all comes down to you. And, and again, there's, there's responsibilities we have. But at the end of the day, we cast our care to God. And say, God, I need you to take care of me. I need you to sustain me. Everybody do this for me. Take, take a huge breath. Just go... Everybody behind you knows whether you breast or this morning or not, but do it again. One more, just another. Do you know that you're not guaranteed that breath? I don't care how many Pilates or what kind of gym you do, your regiment, all that. So, do you know you're not guaranteed? You can do all that stuff, you know, and, and you, then you walk out and you get hit by a bus, being driven by a guy eating donuts. I mean, it's just like this, the world we live in. You're not guaranteed the next breath. God gives that to you. There is a dependence that we need to understand that we have on God for even our next breath. Prayer is the antithesis of self-dependence. If you want to die to yourself, get into prayer. And it, it, will, it will push you that way. As I... I want to just kind of press through some of this. So the Holy Spirit, we, we know that there's we, the Trinity, God the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. We talk about God the Father and the Son. I just want to touch here on the Holy Spirit. So everything that the, the, the Holy Spirit is here to help us, and he loves us. And so everything that the Son does, we see in the Scripture, is done through the power of the Holy Spirit. It says Jesus was led into the wilderness by the Holy Spirit. That's, an, again, another whole sermon. He was actually following the Holy Spirit, which led him to the wilderness where he would be tempted. Okay? 
He expels demons by the power of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the one who stirred up the Son to commune with the Father. In Luke 10, 21, it says, In the same hour, he rejoiced in the Holy Spirit and said, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth. Again, in his rejoicing in the Holy Spirit, that spurred him to say, Thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth. The Holy Spirit is the one that drives Scripture, the Scripture-taught truth of our adoption, okay, by God into our hearts. We are adopted by God. We are adopted. That means we are his child now, and we need to know that. Romans 8, 14 through 16 says, For all who, were, who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father. Abba is like Daddy. That's a very informal, like Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God, and if children, then heirs. Isn't that great? Good news. We're heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ. Now, that would sound really awesome right there if we just stopped, and that's where a lot, some people will stop, okay? Heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ. Let me read the last part of that sentence if you have your Bible open. It says, provided we suffer with him in order that we may also be glorified with him. That's a hard one. But again, as I've said before, we're not guaranteed comfort. (laughs) The Bible says we will suffer in this life. The Holy Spirit is the one that makes us Christ-like. Our desires begin echoing God's. His passions become ours. We share his love and compassion for people. If you struggle loving people, especially people, start in this room. If you can't love people in this room, how are you ever going to love people outside of this room, right? If you're struggling with that, the Holy Spirit wants to help you. Again, Jesus wants us to join in with him to be co-laborers and share in the divine, compassionate, missional life. Matthew 9, 36 through 38 says this. When he saw the crowds, this is Jesus, he had compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Do you understand the weight of that statement? Do you know that Jesus could just do it all on his own? I'm pretty sure God could cover it, right? But he invites us to be co-laborers in the harvest. That means we have a job to do, church. And we are invited to participate with Almighty God in going out into the harvest and laboring with him. Are you laboring today for the harvest? The Holy Spirit brings us together in fellowship with God. He basically, we are brought into the, we are called the family of God. You heard that term before, right? We're a family. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. We are brought into that because of the work of the cross. We become sons and daughters of of Almighty God, the Father. So therefore, prayer is communal where the family of the Father comes together to him to share his concerns. If you think about it, when you pray, have you ever prayed alone? And what I mean by that, are you really alone? 
if you're praying, God is with you. God is always with us. So prayer is never done alone. Prayer is always intended to be done in communion. That's why when we gather together like this and we pray, we're praying as a body, as a family, in communion with one another and with God. Finally, as we wrap things up, we're to enjoy the life of God. What do I mean? That, that each person of the Trinity is for us in our weakness. Each one has a purpose. The Son, our great high priest, filled with brotherly compassion, gives us the right to come boldly in his name, again, to our Father as accepted children. The only way we approach the throne of God is because of the cross of Jesus Christ. Not because of ourselves, not because we are so good. Then our Father and the Son give us their spirit precisely to help us enjoy what it is to be his children. And that is to enjoy the loving, ongoing life of our God. Listen. Some of us have really lost the wonder of who God is. Some of us have lost the excitement and, and, and anticipation of what it is to, to be a child of God. Depending on how long ago you came to your faith, when you came to your faith, many of, of, of the ones when you first come to faith, you're just so excited, aren't you? You're like talking to everybody. You want to just tell everybody about what happened and, and this is how God showed up and this is, uh, he's amazing and you're just going on and on. And, and where has that wonder gone? Things become common. Things become normal. This is just life and how it is. And we kind of lose that, that wonder of it all. Heavenly Father, we just thank you, God, for this opportunity. Lord, I just ask you to bless, Lord, the, this time. God, just, we're just taking a few moments before we go back out and before the kids come rushing back into our lives and before we go back outside into our life and our busy world that we live in, we're gonna take just a few moments and give to you. And God, I pray that by your spirit, as we take the elements, as the cup, which represents the blood of your son, Jesus Christ, that was shed for our sin and the bread, the body that was broken, the very things that make it possible for us to come to you, Father God, and call you Father. We celebrate that and we remember that today through this time. God, I thank you for this time. God, as if we just, uh, we, we've gathered here and, and just that this, uh, this, this body, the way that we are in a, a circle, Lord God, just represents the community and the, the connection and the communion that we have both one with another, but also with you, God. Lord, we thank you that we do not have to journey through this life alone, but God, that we have one another and that you've set it up that way and God I just do pray for every person in here and for their uh, just time with you the prayer life that they have Father that it permeates every single area every single moment of every single day God that they are constantly in communion with you speaking to you Lord depending on you Lord give us a dependence upon you like we've never known that we would go to you first and foremost in every area God we thank you again for this time and just Lord that You've spoken to us, and we are grateful for that. And, and Lord, just ask you to bless each one here. In Jesus' name.